Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee Podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Business Success and Coffee podcast. And today I'm joined by Julie, who is an award-winning business owner, internationally known speaker, coach, and best-selling author. And for more than 20 years, she has been helping leaders across the globe experience a workplace detox so that they can cultivate a more harmonious workplace culture that leads to higher productivity, staff retention, which is so important at the moment, and critically, more profits. And she's overcome uh, several significant challenges in her life, which I'm sure we're going to hear more about as we go through the podcast, and has realized that she had to detox herself and begin thinking new thoughts. And that's where her mindset became a powerhouse that not only lifted her far beyond what she thought possible in her life, but she began a career of helping other leaders do the same. Welcome to today's podcast, Judy. Good to have you with us. Oh my goodness. So good to be here. Thank you for the great introduction. Yeah. And thanks for sending it across. And you know, we're going <laughs> to pick more bits out of that, uh, which I've not read out a, a little bit later on. So let's let's get the, the icebreaker out of the way. Mm-hmm. And you intrigued me before we started the recording about the coffee. So tell us what coffee you're, you're drinking today and why. Oh, is it, is it bad if I tell you that I am not a coffee drinker? Not a problem at all. We'll forgive oh, you. That's good. I was a little, I was a little worried because I'm like, oh, you know, I just never acquired the taste for coffee. And right now at this stage of my life, I'm like, well, maybe I should try it. I might like it, but then okay. I'm afraid that I get hooked on it and maybe it would be like the new addiction for me. <laughs> so I, I do drink though. I do have a, a fascination with tea and one wow. of my morning, new morning drinks that I'm drinking is raw cacao, which is chocolate in its purest form. So it's a bean. Wow. Um, but I drink the pure chocolate with some oat milk and that's coming to be one of my favorite drinks. Yeah. You see, you talk about addiction, anything with chocolate for me <laughs> would be addictive. Yeah. Once I get a taste for chocolate, that's it. I can't put it down. I, you talk about detox. Mm-hmm. I go on a fast, um, two or three times a year because I get so much of a, a sweet tooth. Oh, the, only, the only way to get rid of it is to go on a complete fast for you know, seven to 10 days and just reboot the whole body and get rid of the whole system yes uh, yes sweet tooth tooth, uh, runs in my family i always thought i'd want to write a book on i was raised on twinkies (laughs) (laughs) we had a a deep freezer just that was filled with chocolates and twinkies and Susie cubes and all that so yeah yeah, so i was uh i don't know if i was born with a sweet tooth or if my parents helped cultivate it but it's it's definitely there so i can relate (laughs) i would say it's probably a combination of both probably yes yes how, so, how about you? What's your what's your favorite coffee? Yeah, well, I'm going to give you a brand now, and it's not because I'm looking for sponsorship, but you know, I'm a big Starbucks fan. Okay. Uh, so, a lot of people say, "Yeah, but I love the independence." But here in the UK, Starbucks very much is a very independent franchise. We don't have lots of huge franchises 
franchisees that have lots and lots of different Starbucks. So normally, if you go to a Starbucks, you actually are supporting quite a local franchise owner. So yeah. I, I quite like that. But okay. uh, I, I'm very much a, a house blend during the day, middle road, as you say, not, not too distinctive, but it's easy to drink. Uh, but if it's in the evening, if I'm having it with a meal, then it's got to be something that makes my toes curl. It's got to be something strong and, you know, perhaps Italian. Oh, OK. Some, something quite, quite intense. So I, I quite like that. Oh, uh, nice. nice. And, and my wife loves the combination of coffee and chocolate. So oh. she'll, she'll put the two together. I've done that with tea. I've done that with tea and chocolate. So I've had chocolate tea and that's that's quite interesting. Yeah, see, I've never tried that. So, so what? What's your favorite tea? I love to. Well, I order organic tea, so I get tea mm. from the Art of Tea Company, based in California, okay. and I just get one called. It's called Fresh Greens, which is just a green tea with a hint of lemon, and I became hooked on it many years ago. So that's one of my favorite teas. Before my workouts, I do matcha tea these days. Yeah, you yeah. see that matcha? My trainer makes fun of me. He's like, "Oh, you're drinking seaweed or you're drinking grass because it's just this green mixture." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's really tea in its purest form. So it gives you an energy spike um, yeah. and not to downplay coffee, but unlike coffee, you don't get the jittery feeling like after you have a cup, it just gives you this nice, smooth energy release for a few hours. So yeah. I do a lot of matcha tea these days. And then green tea is, is one of my favorite goes to. Yeah. yeah. I have to try matcha tea. Actually, I, we were talking earlier on about, you know, my mm-hmm. guest list, you know, wish guest list for, uh, for future podcasts, you know, in years mm. to come. And getting Tony Robbins, and when I went to see Tony Robbins some years ago here in the UK, um, because of the detox thing that he does on day four of his um, UPW, uh, he sells a green concoction, which oh, is, okay. is sort of all sort of green based and seaweed and grass based. <laughs> like but the energy that gives you is exceptional. Mm. Taste awful. Yes, initially it's true. you do get used to it, but. Uh, yeah, the energy levels, you know, people don't realize that grass, you know, I've got horses out outside that are huge things that just need grass. So there's got to be some goodness in grass, hasn't there? There's got to be Absolutely. some energy in grass. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm a big green drink person too. So I love making green drinks and, uh, yeah. and that sort of thing. And sometimes I'll put my matcha tea in my green drink and then you get a nice energy buzz ah, going. But okay. yeah. Well, yeah. So we'll have but, to give that a go. Yeah. But yeah. like cacao so, is really good too. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah well yeah yeah, well, drink. <laughs> yeah i think i'll probably have to just edge away from that because of my addiction to chocolate i think i have to give yeah. that a bit of a miss so thinking about um your your own business and you know i gave a bit of an insight in the introduction before i i i ask you to tell us what you've been working on recently just give us a little bit more of that backstory into having to detox yourself and yeah. you know, the mindset shift that you've had to make. Just tell us a little bit about that story that you might have there. Well, I'll take you way back to my 20s and I was going through a divorce and I was, you know, young and uh, just it was an abusive relationship. And I remember thinking to myself, like, what am I doing wrong in my life or what is it that's wrong about me? That led me to this place where I'm here in this relationship that really doesn't serve me in any capacity. 
And I made the decision to end it and to get a divorce, but it was really tough. It's, it's really tough to, if you've ever been there in any kind of slightly abusive or emotionally dependent relationship, it's really hard to end it and break away. And while I was going through the divorce, it just started hitting me that, you know what, you're in this place because you're thinking certain thoughts and these thoughts lead you back to a certain place every single time. So I remember at the time when you could go into Barnes and Nobles and Borders mm-hmm. and the bookstores going there on Friday nights, that became my date night was to go and grab books. And mm-hmm. I remember one time just sitting in a dark corner in my house with my stack of books and a highlighter and my soon to be ex-husband had just left and I didn't really want him to be on to what I was doing. Like I'm doing self-improvement now. I'm reading these books because I knew it would just be another avenue that he would not be supportive of. So I was reading these books in the dark uh, with a little light Mm -hmm. and a highlighter and the words on the pages started to change my life. And I remember finding Norman Vincent Peale's book, The Power of Positive Thinking, where he started talking about if you could change your thoughts, you could change your world. And that has stuck with me me for like way over 20 years now, but I, I, I reflect on that. And I teach that a lot when I speak from the platform about the power of our thoughts, because it begins, it it really transforms everything. It's the beginning point of transformation, whether we're looking to experience a workplace detox or a health detox or whatever, it's about thinking a new thought. So when I was sitting there in this room with my stack of books, I was like, whoa, wait a second. These people are changing my life with their words. And I continued on with Les Brown and Og Mandino and Wayne Dyer and, uh, you know, all these different authors. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then it just hit me, man, if I could do this for a living, if I could just go Hmm. out there and speak, that would be like the best thing in the world. And I made a decision at that point, too, that I was going to be a speaker and I was going to change somebody's life, maybe one person's life with my words, because we have to know, and we can think this oftentimes as business owners, is that something's wrong with us. You know, why aren't I experiencing the success like somebody else's? Why aren't I getting this? What what am I doing wrong? When it really can just boil down to think a different thought, give yourself a new experience and watch your life transform. Because for me, sitting there in the dark corner with my books, leaving this abusive relationship, that wasn't the first abusive relationship. That was, I believe, the second. But it was like, wow, I need to think different thoughts, change my yeah. mind, and experience a new reality. And yeah, and that's and I applaud that. And that's that's exceptional that you did that. And I can't imagine sitting there reading a book in the dark <laughs> with a highlighter, with a, yeah. know, a small light. Uh, but so, you know, such a step. But you said something very interesting there that I just want to pick up on and 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 highlight for the listeners. You said you made a decision. Mm. So doing all that is great, and lots of people, you know, look, read books, they listen to things, they go on courses, you know, they learn one thing, and by the time they've got to the gate, you know, half of it's already gone. And by the time they got in the car and they're on a little drive home, they've lost mm-hmm. most of the enthusiasm because they never really make that decision to make a difference yeah. to it. And you mentioned in, in the bio, and I didn't read it out because you know, I've, I've sensed there was a pivotal moment where you made that decision. Is there anything you would share with the listeners about that decision point? What, what helped you or what cemented that decision where 
you knew that it was going to be different from that point? There came a point where my ex-husband, so my husband at the time, we had made a conscious decision. We're like, okay, we're getting divorced. It's not working here. And I was trying to be incredibly helpful. Like many leaders do. We bend over backwards for the people that we like. We bend over people backwards for the people that we love. So I really tried to be accommodating and I'm like, all right, let's go find you an apartment. Let's go find you a place to live. And as we were driving around and we looked at a couple of apartments, he became infuriated with the fact that we were actually getting a divorce and I was actually going through with this and I made the decision. And he did something that just changed my life that I thought, whoa, wait a second. While we were sitting there in the car, I was driving. He proceeded to put his hands on my neck. He was upset. He was just not even inside of himself. And he put his hands on my neck and he began choking me. And luckily he released and he let go. So it wasn't like we, we crashed or anything like that, but it was a moment where I'm like, wait a second, you know, I matter. I am worth more. I love people very well. And then it comes back to bite you. You know, so it really came down to learning about boundaries and setting boundaries, but making the decision was me making a decision that my life mattered and that it was going to count for something. And that regardless of the programming that was in my head that may have said, you know what, you're not worthwhile or you're not capable. I said, I'm going to change this. And it was the stories that I was reading and the books that were encouraging me that I was like, no, wait a second, Mm -mm, something different is possible here. So I don't know if it was that I hit bottom, although I feel like I did in that relationship where I I can't think of anything much lower than that, of having somebody's hands around the throat choking you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and often we feel that way, even in life, even in business, where like something's strangling us. And the truth is we're letting it. You know, so if we can sit back and say, you know what? I matter more than this. I'm worth more than this. I'm going to change this. And you make that decision and then move forward with a teeny tiny bite-sized action. You know, you're going to start propelling yourself to a whole different reality. And I'm thankful for all the experiences that I've had, even though some of them have been like uh, crazy or what some people would be like, whoa, you know, how'd you get through that? But you make a decision and you move forward. And it was that point that was a very pivotal moment for me where I'm like, wait a second, I'm putting my life in somebody else's hands that they could take this away from me. I'm like, no. So that's when I trudged forward and, you know, then reading less of Brown's, you know, you got to be hungry. And I was like, all right, I got to get hungry for my life. And, you know, everybody else who I came across where it's like, yeah, I need some of that. Yeah. I'm going to do some of that. And I just started really cultivating a bigger vision for my life and changing how I saw myself. Great. Great. And, and that's such an amazing example of, that pivotal moment and you know you as you were talking there and I've shared this with listeners before but you know one of my moments was as a child hearing a teacher talk about me at a parents evening Mm. and I was sat underneath the table because they couldn't find a babysitter and I heard this teacher talking about me like I was something on the bottom of his shoe I was never going to achieve anything I was bottom of the bottom class and you know in that pivotal moment as you just said there and, and I've written it down. There was something was strangling me. He was strangling me. It felt like, you know, metaphorically, he yeah. he was doing that there and then. And I said, that's, that's he's not talking about me like that, you know. And and my parents never judged 
me. They never, you know, discouraged me, but they also never encouraged me. And it was very much, a, you know, I decided then that's enough. Yeah. And by the end of that year, okay, I wasn't the top of the top class, but I was in the top class. And yeah. I clawed my Ooh. way out of that. You and made it, that decision. Yeah. And, I, you know, it's interesting to hear that, that fire and that hunger that you mentioned there as well, because I think, you know, we do have to claw our way and climb our way out of it because of the emotion that drives that, isn't it? And, it, and a decision not made with emotion doesn't really have that power to be sustainable, does it? That, that's that's so true. And I always think about, I, I share with my leaders when I'm um, doing live programs, is my I don't know what to call it. There's probably a better name for it, but I call it mm. my upside down V model, where it's like on one side of the V, it's like fear. And on the other side of the V, it's vision. And the, the thing that's really interesting about these two words is that it takes the same thing to power and fuel both of them. And the thing that powers and fuels both the fears that you feel and the vision that you cultivate and the vision that you bring to life is emotion. So if you're emotionally feeling charged up, you know, with your fears and with the feelings of not good enough, feeling you're no better than the bottom of somebody else's shoe, then you're fueling that. But if you start to say, wait a second, I matter. Wait a second. I'm going to, you know, really do so much more and so much better. Then you're fueling that vision but you can't fuel them both at the same time. So you do have to decide, oh, yeah, yeah. am I going oh, I to, am I going to be in the fear or am I going to be on the vision side? And you have to pick one and you have to decide. And yeah. then you have to purposely think thoughts that are going to support that thing that you want. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Mm. So I'm going, to, I'm going to come a little bit later on into a couple of topics that uh, are on the sheet that were sent through. Cause you know, one of my favorite topics is falling back in love with your business. Oh, I like yeah. that too. Yeah. Because I think we, we all start with a business that we have a dream, don't we? You know, we, we have an idea of what we want to have it look like. And then the stuff gets in the way, the, you know, the taxes, the advice, all the hassles get, and, and we very easily fall out of, love with our, our business and you know, I, I have it's like to go our, our heart cycle. breaks like one little crack it does, time, and it's like does. what happened to my heart yeah and, and we just you know I see so many people that are just so weary and you know they've lost the spark and you know that emotion all the emotion is definitely with the fears yes. they're, they're fearful of every corner that yes. just lies ahead of them it's like there's but, not enough money, there's not enough time, there's not enough oh, resources, there's not enough people. Yeah. Um, there's who's, you know, who's gonna come knocking on my door next, wanting a piece of me? Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. just horrible. Yeah, yeah. Be before we get into more about that and you know and how we can use a, a workplace detox effectively to do that, just tell us a little bit about something that you've worked on in your business. You know, we've been under a real time of change, you know, mm -hmm. globally. Yeah, I don't think yes. anybody can say that they've not been affected by what's been happening in the world as at the point where we record this. But what's been the latest or most significant thing that you've evolved or worked on or fixed in your own business? I think one of the things that I know 100% that I continuously evolve is my own ability to delegate. And okay. I'm a big I'm a big team person, workplace detox, all about staff. 
But you have to look at yourself as a business owner and say, well, what is it that I'm still doing that I need to let go of? Mm. And I challenged myself. We're doing an online course, uh, just creating a little mini course just this past week uh, on help wanted ads and how to craft a help wanted ad that really draws people into like a magnet. And I looked at that and I detailed out the tasks that needed to be done and not too many, it could get done pretty easily. But I was looking at that list, thinking about how many different things I'm hanging on to. And I've got a fantastic manager who helps me do amazing things. I'm like, well, wait a second, why am I hanging on to that? And why am I not delegating that? So I think it's a continuous process to learn how and what to delegate and to really feel good knowing that you can remove yourself from a lot of what you might normally take on if you've got the right person in place. And that's a continuous lesson for me because it's, it seems like, well, I'll just hang on to that. It'll just take me a couple minutes, but then I'm the cog in the wheel. <laughs> Yeah, and that's yeah. always what I say. My goal is to not be the cog in the wheel. But even if you're a solo entrepreneur, I encourage everybody to make that list of the, the tasks you do every day and say, hmm, totally if, if I had a really great per person in place, could they take all that off my plate? I mean, what's wrong with me being at the beach while the work's getting done? Yeah. Nothing. And, and sometimes, you know, I found you know, when I became a coach, because I had multiple businesses with multiple teams before, and when I became a coach and I was on my own, and yes, I can outsource to a VA or something like that, but it's actually sometimes it's the software. You know, I, I signed up for uh, a good CRM system um, and that CRM system was doing my billing. It was doing my automation. And so that, I've got an extra day a week yes. just by delegating something out to a piece of software as well. It doesn't have, even have to be a real person. It can be a piece of software. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Yeah. These days, when we think about delegation, we could even think about automating and delegating, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah, so definitely. when I write my to-do list out, I'm like, all right, how can I automate this? And yeah. how can I delegate this? And, and that's big. And that's a continuous process. Yeah. So what kind of difference would you share with listeners? I know many of the listeners are going to be struggle, struggling with delegating. It's one of the, it's one of my favorite films, Frozen, Let It Go. Yes, yes. Um, and and it's it's something that so many business owners and leaders and managers in business struggle so much with. Um, what would you say to them that would give them some kind of idea of how it's been for you to encourage them to to let go and do that list that you just mentioned? Okay, so letting go, cultivate your vision. Mm -hmm. for how you want your life to be and be more attached to that than to completing that task. So if you sell yourself on a vision that you're on the beach, you're writing your next book, you're, you're dreaming about the next big thing you're going to create, yeah. whatever it might be, and you let yourself really get involved with that vision, you're going to look at that to-do list and go, I'm not doing any of that. Mm, <laughs> well, who else yeah. can do that? So to me, it's really about deciding to make the vision the big thing that you chase as opposed to the little task. And one time I asked one of my clients, she's like, oh, I've got to sit here all day and, and look at building and find out where, you know, pennies are dripping out. I'm like, why are you chasing pennies when you could be creating millions? Yeah. Because we're looking at the little things. She could easily delegate that to somebody else. If that's an important task to do, but she had a bigger business to bring to life and you mm -hmm. can't grow if you're holding on. So you've got to let go 
to be able to grow, to step into that dreamy place. And I think that's where a lot of people lose their love, so to speak, for their businesses when they're hanging on too tight. It's like, ugh, I've got 20 things on my to-do list and I got to do them all. So I challenge everybody to think about your mindset that you have when it comes to delegating. Think about your mindset that you have when it comes to attracting people to do that task for you. Because in today's day and age, it's a beautiful time where you don't have to create a whole job. You can look at your task list and say, well, hmm, who's going to do this task? It's certainly not me. And you could go to fiverr.com or you could go to a community group in Facebook and you could find somebody who would gladly take on that task, whether it's for 10 bucks or 20 bucks a week, that they're going to do that task and handle it. And you're going to grow in the process and you're giving them the opportunity to grow too. So it's really beautiful. And you know, I think you've touched on something really, really important there, Julie, as well, because very often we create this entity that we can delegate things to that is so big, it's that that gets in the way. Where am I going to find such a person that can do all of this? And you're absolutely right. You know, for this podcast, you know, I was looking at you know, an agency who could put various things together, but mm-hmm. I've used three or four different people and now i've got anna who does some amazing show notes and you know she was off of fiverr.com and i get i get an amazing service an amazing uh, level of quality uh, because that's her skill i don't need somebody who can do great show notes and then have to worry about oh but can they do the tech side of the website and they're linking it to the to the apple and spotify because they don't always have all the skills but i was to start with trying to create this bigger person that I could give the whole thing to. And instead I gave it to two or three people and and now there's five working on it. So. Yeah. Yeah, And and sometimes it's better, I think, to have more people in place because then if somebody is not feeling well or has a family crisis, part of the work, part of the project still gets done. So I really believe in breaking things out into small tasks and to see who would be the best fit for doing those those yeah. tasks. So yeah. I'm really happy you have somebody in place to help you or five yeah, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And long may it continue. And it doesn't have that linchpin, does it? Feel to it, neither. I don't lose sleep thinking, oh, what if that person should should go or, like you say, not show up uh, yes. next week? So, yeah. How will I know all the passwords to my account <laughs> yes. that that one person leaves? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yes. So, so thanks for sharing. You know what you've been working on, and that's such an insight into the importance of delegation as well and and seeing that bigger vision instead of the small task. Yes. Let's get on to the, the, the topic of falling back in love with your business and, mm-hmm. and particularly workplace detox, because that's something that is quite alien to me as a phrase. So give the listeners a little bit more about, you know, something that they could do or something they could work on to help them fall back in love with their business and What does it mean to do a workplace detox? Just tell us a little bit more about that, that the listeners can take away. Sure. So workplace detox is really cleaning out or clearing out the things that aren't working. So a lot of times we look at that with teams and leaders have called me for over 20 years from around the world saying, Julie, what do I need to do? to have a motivated team? What do I need to do to hire the right people? So everybody's always looking, what else do I need to do? What else do I need to do? And I really developed this belief early on that it's not necessarily about what you need to do. It's about what you need to stop doing. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to your workplace, it's really looking at, well, what is the result? What's the outcome you want to achieve? And what can you stop doing 
to achieve that. And we want to really pull out those pieces of things we need to stop doing first and then see what we need to add. But a lot of times we're looking to take this complicated puzzle and just pile more things in there, pile more more pieces from other puzzles on top of that one. And and now we're going to get a good picture. And we don't. It just becomes more messy. So we really want to pull back and make things so much more easier for ourselves and so much more joyous. Because that's where the love is going to come from, from the transformation that we start experiencing. So it depends upon what level of manager or business owner that we're talking about in terms of where you would start with that detox. But I would recommend that you really look at the objective that you want to achieve for your business or even for your life and saying, all right, what is it? What's the main thing that's going to contribute to this being successful? We keep those things as the things we continue to do. And then what are the things And you might even think about this, like the Pareto principle, right? Where 20% of our activities give us 80% results. 80% of our activities give us only 20% of the results. Yeah. So we really want to scale back on that 80%. That's only giving us 20% of our results and think like, Oh, well, what's the 20% that's going to give me 80%. I'm going to keep those things, but I'm going to clear out the other things. A huge part of the detox is going to be your mindset. It's going to be about what you believe is possible for your life, for your workplace, or as I deal a lot with for your team. And we come to a place a lot where we're like, okay, this is impossible, or everybody's experiencing this. It's this kind of time period we're living in. But you have to challenge yourself to really up-level the thoughts that you're thinking and live in the land of possibilities. And when you could pull yourself back to that place of what is possible or what if that's possible, then it becomes fun again. Then it becomes yeah. joyous again. Because a lot of the love is lost because we are feeling dictated to or controlled by what other people want from us, want from our business, want from our life. And now it's time to pull it back to you and say, what do you want? It's it's interesting. I've I've just finished a a session with a startup business that I I help out with the the university and their incubation businesses. And when I asked this guy what his internal purpose was, he said, I want the freedom to live a life where I don't have to do what my boss is telling me to do. Mm. He said, yeah, because at the moment, every day I have to do what somebody else tells me I must do. Yeah. Um, and I think you're, you're so right about the the stripping things out. And I love the 80% side of that, but that'd be quite scary. I bet, I bet some of the listeners listen to that thinking, really, I've got to strip out 80% of the stuff. But very often, you know, when you're clearing a, a cupboard out or a drawer out or a shelf off, you know, it is about 80% that yeah. actually you've never used. You've hardly looked at. You can't yeah. remember the last time that it came to light that you know you needed it. So why not? But what would you say to those people who are thinking, yeah, this sounds scary that, you know, stripping off, doing that detox. Uh, what would you say to those people? It is scary. Change is scary. And if you're not changing in a way that scares you every single day, you're <laughs> not growing as a business. And if you're not growing, the only alternative is you're dying and we don't want to die in business. Right. And we could be kind of dead for a very long time in a relationship or in a business without it growing. And we're like, Oh, we died like 10 years ago in the business. Now we're just being robotic, trying to get what we have to do done. So 
do something that scares you every single day. Challenge yourself. If clearing out that drawer and it scares me. I mean, I just moved to mm-hmm. a lovely lake home and I downsized from a 4,000 square foot home to a 2000 or a little over 2000 with no basement, no extra storage. Yeah. And I came here, but I did it because I wanted to be on the lake and to live on the lake for a while. And just to yeah. see how that would be. And it was scary. And it's still scary to look at my boxes that I have and go like, Oh, do I just pitch everything <laughs> there? Or do I keep it and find a spot for it? Because some things you just want to leave in the box, but you don't want to do anything with it you just want to leave it there in the box <laughs> and I, I think sometimes you know if if any of the listeners you are thinking about this being scary and uh, I completely agree with what you just said there Julia about doing something that scares you but if you if you want to take it one step at a time yeah clear the stuff out put it in the box and then hide the box it's no good to you right if you don't want if you don't want to take it down to the yeah, the, the tip or, yeah, and, and completely destroy it and incinerate it, then just put it somewhere where it's out of sight. And I found boxes that I put away 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. And I think, wow, I can't believe I still thought I needed that. Yeah. But, but what I haven't done is paid any attention to it. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? Getting it out of sight, getting it out of mind. Absolutely. That's the most important thing with that. Yeah. And when it comes to your workplace or even managing a team, It's a matter of looking at, well, okay, if I'm going to experience a workplace detox, what is it that I need to stop doing? And then you could, if you want to take your visual of taking that box and just moving it aside, write write those tasks down, write those things down that need to be tight detox, but you're not ready yet. And you could even create a priority list, have a, you know, going to implement today, going to implement this week, going to shelf this idea, although I need, know it needs to go because detoxing can be hard, especially if you're managing people and you know, you've got some team members that maybe you need to confront about situations. And maybe you're afraid of how they're going to react to that confrontation or that difficult communication, or maybe, you know, you need to let them go. And you're afraid of how you're going to feel in that process or how they're going to feel. So there's there's a lot of things that you might need to build some skills for or get some really good support. Get somebody like a coach or somebody who will work with you, who will become your confidant in those situations. Yeah. Because if you don't have a confidant and you're just dealing, oh, it's my husband or my wife or my oh, friend, understand they don't get it. It's going to be really hard to walk yeah. through what you need to do to move ahead in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. So, I'm going to ask you to give the listeners one step, one thing that they can do immediately after this podcast to do with the detox. But before I I get you to tell us that, tell the listeners how they can reach out to you. Where can they find you? Where can they get any content that you've got? Tell us a little bit about what's available and where people can go to, to reach out to you. Sure. You can visit juliebartkus.com and that's J-U-L-I-E, then last name B-A-R-T as in Tom, K-U-S. So juliebartkus.com, you could go there and you could even sign up for a free session with me if you're resonating with this message. I would really like to have the opportunity to chat to see how I might be able to support you with your goals. You can also find me, Julie Barkas, on LinkedIn. That's another favorite place. And I'm thinking I'm entertaining at Clubhouse, Workplace Detox on Clubhouse. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) But but those are the two big places. If you go to juliebarkas.com or visit me on LinkedIn, I'm also on Facebook and you can feel free to connect there also. Perfect. Perfect. Fantastic. So uh, listeners, you've got those. And of course, the links to those will be in the show notes as, as well. So 
you've given us so much and that's why I want to just bring it to to one next step because yeah. you know you've given us so many different things that we can have a pick and mix at uh, to take away but if you were to give the listeners one thing to do for the detox workplace detox what would that first step be since we're also tying this in with the topic of falling back in love with your mm. business which is one of the things you're passionate about i would encourage you as you go through your day or your week or your month and you start really feeling negative or feeling like there's things that you're doing that aren't bringing you joy, write those things down. Awareness is key to making the decision to change. Yeah. Without the awareness, you could be stuck in la la land or limbo for a long time, just doing yeah. the same old thing, the same old thing, because it's kind of what you're, you're going through on a very uh, unconscious level. But you want to become consciously aware of what's draining you of your joy in your business. Write those things down. And if you could take it one step further, which is to write down the actual thoughts that you're thinking. So let's say you have to get on the phone mm. and set up appointments for the week. And you're like, oh my goodness, I'm not really good at setting up appointments. Yeah. And I'd really rather have somebody else do this, but there's nobody else out there who would support me. Write all those thoughts down because the foundational work is identifying those thoughts and then cultivating a new thought to start thinking, a new thought that will change your reality, a new thought that will propel you forward. And to me, that's the biggest place where a workplace detox begins is really crafting and cultivating new thoughts that support where you want to go, not necessarily where you've been. And as you say, if you do that, then you realize what is holding you back from being in love with your business. And, yeah. and listeners, I want to give you a, a sort of government health warning here because I learned this very, very early on in one of my businesses. Just staying as you are and flatlining. You know, Julie, you mentioned, you know, dying. If you're not growing, you're dying. Flatlining is not acceptable neither. Just no. going along for the ride, flatlining is living death. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's worse than dying because at least if you're dying, you might decide to make a change. If you're flatlining, don't stay there. Do yeah. what Julie said. Look at what's holding you back. Look at the things you need to detox out of your business and look at what you really don't enjoy and change those thoughts so that you have a business that you love. Every yeah. one of us should have a business that we love getting up every day. And for me, if anybody listening to this has any day where you get up and you go to the office and you think, oh, here again, then that is the time to do exactly what Julie's just said. Because that's yeah. the trigger. If you feel like that any day, make a change. Don't, let it, don't let it go. And I've had that situation exactly when I was working in corporate where I was a financial manager and I'm like, what am I doing? I was there till midnight balancing numbers to the exact penny going, what difference does this make? And I had to sit there and the management team wasn't doing it. So I'm like, you know what, Julie, you need to figure out why you're doing this. And I'm like, well, all right, balancing pennies, but I came up with a bigger vision and I worked at a telecommunication company at the time. And I said, all right, well, I'm sitting here balancing budgets. 
this really enables people to do their job, which enables calls to be connected. And I took it one level further. I'm like, oh, because of the work I'm doing, 911 calls get to get connected. So there guess what I'm doing? I'm saving lives. lives. Yeah. Right. So that sustained me for a long time in my job with corporate, but it's really about focusing on that big picture of what you're doing uh, and, and crafting that vision, regardless of what level you're at. There's always a vision that you can create for your life. You know, another thing I think totally. that I always work on is my health and, and, and getting fitter. And sometimes when you look in the mirror, it's like, oh, there's that tummy bulge again. And there's, you know, that thing that I don't like. But what I learned to do is look in the mirror and go, ooh, look, I see some abs popping out there. Ooh, look at that. And you start cultivating a vision. I need to get one of your mirrors. I've been, look, I've been looking for those abs for a long, long while. It's the one weakness I have. No matter where, when I've gone to the gym, whatever part of my body, I've got exactly where I want it. The abs have never, never appeared. So I need to, I need to borrow your mirror, Julia. That's well, you're, you're a creative guy. So maybe you could just start visualizing them being there. Like, yeah, ooh. perhaps a little bit of touch spraying on the mirror. That might help. <laughs> Just there position you go, myself. One of those t-shirts with yes. the abs ripped out. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. But yeah, listeners, do something with what Julie's said today. You know, create that list, fall back in love with your business and look at what you need to take from um, your business and do that workplace detox. Final question then, Julie, to wrap this up. If you were to have your next uh, pure chocolate drink with oat milk, <laughs> I think you said oat milk, didn't you? At the oat beginning? milk, yeah, yeah, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Um, if you were to have that in a dream location, where would that dream location be? And what time of day would it be and why? Oh, I'm getting sunset. Uh, okay, so living great. here on the lake, I, I, I have the, a perfect view of the sunset, but I think anywhere by water um, would be wonderful. Um, so, you know, maybe Hawaii with the sun setting oh, and yeah, yeah. walking sunset. along the ocean or sitting there. That would be, yeah, yeah. that would be a great yeah. spot. Perhaps just a little bit of water lapping over the feet. Mm, yeah, yeah, that would be, that would be lovely. Yeah. 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 And then, yeah, and like your coffee, you know, it just warms you up on the inside. So why not feel the same way on the outside? Right. Yeah. Where would you have your coffee? Well, mine would be the opposite, but for the same reason of the warmth, mine would be mountains. I'm I'm more the mountain, mountain person, person than a beach person. So uh, yeah, I I would be probably Jasper, okay, doing an ice canyon walk where I can just see the clear skies full mm. of stars because there's no light pollution. I'm just miles away from everywhere. Nice, love Win it. Winter because uh, I love the snow. I, I love uh, cold as well. Uh, with a flask of hot chocolate i really would mm -hmm. like that but mm -hmm. i also like winter because i know nothing big and grizzly is going to jump out and attack me as well. <laughs> that's the other thing that's we, important. Don't have, we, we don't have many things here in the uk that can kill you while you're out walking but jasper's got plenty of things if you're walking in summer so uh, yeah it would definitely be that so yeah okay. thanks for asking a nice nice winter walk mm. yeah 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 in the evening looking at the stars definitely beautiful definitely. beautiful well, thank you so much for being a guest. You've given thank me you. so many things. I'm writing notes here. I've gone two sheets of notes. So um, it'd be interesting to pick out the, the headline from this, from these notes. You've given us so much to think about and so much to work on. And I really do appreciate you giving up your time and eating into your day to give us such value. So I really do appreciate it. And thanks for being thank with you. us. Thank you so much. Such an honor to be here. And uh, uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear more from you and more of your episodes too. Yeah.
Thank you. And listeners, as you know, this is part of my mission to help you be better aware, better educated, and more importantly, to be held accountable. So don't just listen to this podcast. Do that one step, at the very least, that Julie's giving you to do today. And of course, leave a review of the podcast that would be great to have as well and make a difference in your life. Fall back in love with your business as Julie and I want you to do. We're both passionate about that. So get a business, get a job that you love doing. You know, whether you're in a job and you're running a business or own a business, doesn't matter. Fall back in love with it. I think that's the one thing you can do to exchange our time for that today. And I look forward to having you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you. Thank you.